My message this morning is called Life in the Fast Lane. And, uh, you know, whenever you start talking about fasting in church, it's like, you know, men instantly turn off because that means no, no food or no meat or something. And, and people just start switching off. But I want to show you something this morning through scripture. That fasting is not just a, a suggestion in scripture. It's actually something that we should do. Are you with me this morning? So let me show you two quick verses that will, uh, help establish that. And then we'll get in to what we want to say. In Matthew 6, 16, it says, when you fast. Everybody say, when you fast. Next one is Mark 2.20 says, But someday the groom will be taken away, that is Jesus, from them, and they will fast. So Jesus is saying in these two scriptures, he says it's not, it's not a matter of if you fast, but when you fast. In other words, fasting is something that we should do. Have I lost everybody so far this morning? Fasting is not all that people think it is. It's not some sort of punishment, you know, like uh, uh, Seth jokes that it's not fasting, it's called starving for Jesus. And, um, and, and we treat it like fasting is a punishment, but in reality, if I could sum up fasting, it'll be this. Fasting is a spiritual discipline of denying our appetites to focus on God. That's all fasting is. It's, it's denying our appetites for a season so that we can fast on God, uh, to focus on God. And here's the thing, is that we live in a consumeristic society, yes? We are ferocious in our consumption of things, be it food, be it thrills. I mean, we were in Queenstown uh, for a holiday at Christmas, and that town lives off uh, people's appetites for thrills. It's what it lives off. We, we live off our appetite of social media, of TV programs, of series, of... You know, some of you have really bad appetites and you watch things like Shortland Street and Coronations, The Devil Street and, and all those sorts of horrible programs. You need know, to watch decent programs like, I don't know, um, like The Blacklist. That's a great program. And um, we have these ferocious appetites that we have in our lives and we really do live a life of just consuming, 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 consuming. We really, really do. We live a life where we just constantly are consuming everything, you know, from from new phones to new technology to new to new. We just constantly consume. And what fasting does is fasting says, you know what? For a season, for a period of time, I'm going to deny myself my appetite so I can focus on God. You see, if I take my glasses off this morning, you all look really, really blurry. I cannot read my notes right. No, I can't read my notes right now. This world right now has become really blurry. Some of you are probably pretty happy I've taken my glasses off because I don't have long-sightedness or short-sightedness. I have this thing where when I take my glasses off, you become tall and skinny. (laughs) But when I put my glasses back on, the world is no longer blurry anymore. Everything comes back into focus. And I think that in this place, this morning, there are a whole lot of people that are in desperately need of focus in their lives. That your life right now, or situations in your life have gotten really blurry, or you've become really complacent, or those old habits that you thought were gone have somehow managed to find their way back into your life. And I'm trying to tell you this morning that I believe that God is calling us to a time to focus, so that we can refocus back on Him to what it is, and through the avenue of fasting, 
I believe that that's how God does it, that he brings us into focus. So, so what do we fast from? Let me give you the worst scripture of fasting, and then it'll get easier from there. How does that sound? 1 Corinthians 7.5a says this, Do not provide it, pro- deprive each other except by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourself to prayer. There's no amens to that one. Paul here is recommending a fasting from, you know, a little bit of... He's basically saying husbands and wives should fast from sex for a period of time to devote themselves to prayer. Now, if if there's any scripture that should be removed from the Bible, it's that one. And uh, But he's saying that that's one type of fast. You know, all the wives are like, and all the guys are like, I, I went with the hardest one first so we could get the easier ones later, you know. It's like, you know, it's a little bit like when you're little and you, and you don't like what's on your plate, so your mum tells you, eat your vegetables first so you can have what, the nicest part last. This is what we're doing here this morning. I'm just joking. Will you get a smile on your faces this morning? But it does say that there has to be mutual consent. So as long as one person says no, that doesn't happen. But really, what is he saying here? He's saying... That you fast from this, what? For a period of time, what? To do what? To pray, to focus, to realign yourself. There are all sorts of things that you can fast from. Food is one. Social media would be a good one. There's all sorts of things that you can fast from in your life. Personally, I think that there should be some kind of food fast in what you do because I believe that that's biblically the way that God teaches it. And I don't think you're really fasting if you just turn around and say, I'm not going to do Facebook for a week. Because you should be able to do that without it being spiritual anyway. In fact, some of you should should fast from Facebook for the rest of your lives. Um, <laughs> but it's it is something that we do where we we deny our si- ourselves or something so that we can focus on God. And so as we knew that this time was coming up, Trinity and I sat down with the kids and we said, "Look, you know the week of prayer and fasting's coming up and." and and you know, mum and I, we're going to do this. And so what are you kids going to do? Are you stupid? That's what I got. Are you stupid? Why would I do that? Why, why would I fast? Why, why would I go without food? You know, if, if, if there's one thing I'll tell you this morning, that if you do fast food, every ad on TV seems to be about food. Yeah? Trinity will tell you, when I've done long fasts, like 21-day fasts, I start looking through the cookbook after about two weeks, you know, oh, that'll be nice, oh, that'll be nice, you know, it's like, (sighs) Um, Bill Johnson says that every time he goes on a fast, he buys cookbooks, it's like, it's just like punishing yourself, yeah, And, and, and the kids were like, why would you do that, why would you fast, why would you go without food, that's a really, really good question, why should you do it, why would you? I mean, why, let me, let me ask you something. What is the thing that Jesus did just before he fulfilled his mission? It's in Mark, oh, Matthew, sorry, chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. What a genius writer. Before Jesus launched into his mission, before Jesus launched into his ministry, the first thing he did is he fasted. He fasted. He got himself focused on God. And it says at the end of 40 days, he was hungry. 
<laughs> Matthew, oh, brilliant, mate. Oh, yeah, put that down because that's not obvious. And uh, he didn't start his mission until he had done this. His mission was the most monumental task that anyone has ever been asked to do, to die on the cross for the sins of all of mankind. And his preparation for his mission was to fast 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of it, he was hungry. Everybody repeat after me, fasting leads to hunger. Say it again, fasting leads to hunger. Say it like you mean it, fasting leads to hunger. See, fasting leads to hunger, but my theory is, is that Jesus' hunger began way before his fast. Because in Isaiah 61 verse 1, it says this, He sent me, that is Jesus, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release from darkness for the prisoners. In Isaiah, it was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus even thought about fasting, there was a hunger that was planted into the Word of God that said one day, one day Jesus is going to come and He's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He's going to mend their wounds. He's going to bring freedom to those that are captive and He's going to release from darkness those that are prisoners. And that's what Jesus' ministry was all about, was saving, redeeming, healing all of mankind. And when He came, He came with a hunger for changed lives. He came with a hunger that started way before his fasting, started a hunger to see lives change. And it was that hunger that led him into the wilderness to do the fast. Because correct biblical fasting is always leads to spiritual hunger. And spiritual hunger always leads to fasting. Because Jesus was spiritually hungry for what it is that God had called him to do. And it led him to a fast where he could focus on God. Now, you got to understand, it says in there that the tempter came, and we'll look at this a little bit later, but I want you to understand that this week, if you choose to do this, if you choose to pursue this, that the tempter is going to come. The devil isn't going to sit back and go, oh, this is really awesome. These guys are going to get focused on God and, and have their lives changed. He's, he's going to come, and he's going to try and disrupt you. But Jesus just was phenomenal. And if he can do it, then we can do it because we look at Jesus too much as fully God. But you need to understand that he was fully man. And he was hungry. He was hungry at the end of it, but what drove him was a spiritual hunger for changed lives. There's a story of a man called King Jehoshaphat. That's a great name. Anybody pregnant here this morning? Need a name for a child? Jehoshaphat. Everyone say Jehoshaphat. I'm not sure if his parents were trying to punish him or not, but that's what they called him. At one stage, he was a great king, but at one stage, here he was uh, surrounded by all of his enemies. He's surrounded so, by so many enemies, he didn't really know what to do. He needed, he was asking God, he was pleading to God, God, I, I need some clarity. And so Joseph hungered for clarity. He hungered for God to tell him what it was that he needed to do. And in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. What was he fasting for? What was Jehoshaphat fasting for? He was fasting for clarity. He was fasting because he needed to hear from God. He needed an answer from God because they were surrounded by the enemies, and he needed an answer now. 
I wonder how many of you here this morning need some clarity in your life right now. Whether to take that job that's been offered to you or not, or whether to leave the one that you're currently in or not. How many of you here would be saying, you know what, I really need some clarity. I really need to hear God's voice. I need God to tell me what I need to do in this situation. And so Jehoshaphat fasted with all of Judah because they needed an answer. It was Jehoshaphat's hunger for clarity that led him to a fast. It was his hunger to hear from God that took him through fasting. And through that fasting, God gave him a clarity and God spoke to him and his entire army was spared because Jehoshaphat fasted because he was hungry for a clarity. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for some clarity from God about where we're going and what we're doing in my life and my family's life and in the future of this church. There's another story in the Bible about a woman called Esther, and she was queen, and she was queen in uh, this country, but the problem was is there were so many queens, it was unbelievable. So this guy had something like 700 wives and 900 concubines and all this sort of stuff. It's like, mate, imagine trying to deal with all of that when it comes to birthdays and Christmas and all those sorts of things. But she was... Uh, was a queen, absolute queen, but she had not seen the king for several months because you've got to understand in those days that if you walked into the king's presence without permission, he would kill you. Even if you were the queen, if you walked in without permission, you could die. So she just waited with all of her maidservants. She used to have baths and milk and all sorts of stuff, just waiting for that one day that possibly the king decided he wanted to see her. And while she was doing all this, her uncle Mordecai comes to her and says, Esther, you've got to help me. You've got to go and talk to the king because my life is at risk of being lost because of an enemy of Israel and all of the Israelites' lives are probably going to be lost as well because this guy hates us and he wants to destroy us. And Esther's like, whoa, hold on a sec. Hold on, Mordecai, you don't understand. If I walk in there uninvited, I could die. You're asking me to put my life on the line. Esther, Esther then calls for a fast because Esther hungered for courage because she'd become paralyzed by fear by what had happened. And in Esther 4.16, it says, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. Can I just say, if you're going to fast, please drink water. Really important. Don't do this one. I and my maidservants will fast as you do. So why, why did Esther fast? Esther fasted because she was hungry for courage. She needed courage. She had something in front of her that she really was fearful of, and she needed some courage to overcome it. She was desperately in need of courage to be able to go and put her life at risk and talk to the king. I wonder if there's some people here this morning that are desperately in need of courage, that you are hungry for some courage in your life. Your life has been ruled by fear 
from the day that you can remember, for as young as you can remember, your life has been so fearful. You've been so fearful of this, that, and the other thing. You know, I love my nieces and nephews so much, but I got one niece who's a little bit of a hypochondriac, and she got a, a swollen taste bud on her tongue, and before you know it, she Googled it, and she decided it was cancer, and she was going to be dead within three days. And, you know, this like in fear of, of a swollen taste bud, in fear of every situation, every circumstance, in fear. You see people talking, and you're in fear, and you and you just need to understand that you, what you're hungering for is courage. What Esther was hungering for was courage, and so Esther fasted. Her courage, hunger drove her to fast. And then Esther approached the king after the fast, and the king did not kill her. And in fact, the king sided with her and killed all of their enemies. I want to tell you, man, if you're lacking courage in your life this morning, we live in a culture, we live in a world that is paralyzed by fear. You just have to watch the news and watch all the things that people say. There's so much fear out there about the way the world, oh, the world's going worse, oh, the world's going worse. It's not going worse everywhere. It's not going worse in my life. It's not going worse in your life. Hello? And my Bible teaches me that where, where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds all the more. So for me, it's not the world's going bad. It's just the church isn't doing its job. But she needed courage, and so she fasted. Is this helping you this morning? Come on. There's a story of this guy called Joel, who's a prophet in the Bible. And Joel was, at that time, in the kingdom of Judah, and he was saying to the kingdom of Judah, saying, guys, you, you got to understand, the problem here, the reason why we are stuck where we're stuck is because there's just so many sin issues happening in this country. There's just so many issues going on here. We need to change and we need to repent. If we're going to see anything happen in this nation, we've got to do something. And so in Joel 1.14, he says this, Declare a holy fast, summon the elders, all who live in the land, to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. And so he's saying here, guys, we've got a major problem in our nation. We, 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 we're, just, we're not seeing breakthrough. We're just seeing sin. We're just seeing all sorts of problems happen in our world. We're not seeing the breakthrough that we need. And so he says, you know what we've got to do? We've got to fast. He declared a holy fast. I don't know about you, but maybe you've got some issues that you're still dealing with this year that you're trying to deal with last year. Maybe you've got some sin in your life that's just always been there. It's never, ever shifted. You've tried all sorts of things. You've tried counseling. You've tried all sorts of things to try and change. You've even shifted. You've even broken off relationships, changed jobs, shifted towns, whatever. And this thing just seems to come with you, friend, because sometimes the only way for some things to shift is you actually have to be able to fast to a breakthrough. You need a hunger for your breakthrough, and your hunger for a breakthrough always leads to a fast where our focus, we deny our appetites for a season of time so that we can focus on God and see God do something in our lives that He won't do otherwise. And as it was Joel's hunger for breakthrough that led him and the elders to fast because they wanted things to change. They weren't happy for it to stay the same. And my question for you this morning is, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for a breakthrough? Are you hungry for clarity? Are you hungry for courage? Are you hungry to get out of your financial debt you find yourself in? 
Are you hungry for your marriage to be more than what it is? What are you hungry for? What is driving you right now? What is that hunger that is driving you? And if you have a hunger for these things and they don't seem to be changing, then my question is this, why have you not fasted? Because God responds to fasting. So quiet here this morning. It's like, man, we know we should have skipped church today. Can I tell you what happens when you fast? Isaiah 58 verses 8 to 9 says, Then your light will shine like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Anybody need some wounds quickly healed today? Your God will walk before you, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call out, and the Lord will answer. You will cry out, and he will say, Here I am. This is what happens to people when they begin to fast. Their light becomes shining like the dawn. What does that mean? To me, that means our salvation just gets that new invigoration of life. You know, one of the things that God rebuked the churches for in the book of Revelation is how they'd lost their first love. You know, marriages, man, they, they go down at a rapid rate of knots when you lose that love that you had for each other at the beginning. You know, we, we just start taking each other for granted. You just don't thank each other anymore. You never thank her for cooking dinner because that's what she should do. If that's your thinking, you need to slap anyway because you could share it. And you never thank him for working really hard and providing for the family because that's what he should do. You know, when you first started dating, you thanked each other for everything. You know, he would burp and you're like, thanks for that burp, it was awesome. And I heard someone say it once like this, before I married my husband, he was on like a knight in shining armor. And after I married him, he became a burping, farting sex machine. So, you know, it, it kind of changes, yes, when you lose sight of those first loves. And, and, and here it's saying, you know, like sometimes our salvation, our passion for God just seems to, just seems to dissipate. We just become a little bit complacent. It's, it's not where it used to be. And, and, and the scripture's teaching here, man, when you fast, this is the result. Your light will shine like the dawn. It's almost like you get this reinvigoration of life that happens on the inside of you about your salvation and, and it just lightens you up and, and, it, and it becomes new and fresh and all those things like it's never been before. I love the fact that when you fast, it says that your wounds are quickly healed. I love that. I love that God, because uh, I don't know about you, but I've got some wounds that I've been trying to heal for a while, and it's taken a long time. And when I read this today, I was, uh, this week, I said, man, why haven't I just done that? It's faster. i got some wounds that I've been dealing with since I was 14 years of age. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have counseling or anything, but I'm just saying that when we're hunger for things to change, when there's a hunger on the inside us for us to change, I really want, then it should drive us to fast, to focus on God, to see God break through in our lives. And it says here that your God will walk before you and the glory of God will protect you from behind and God will answer because you'll cry out and he'll say, here I am. I don't know about you, but I need a here I am moment. Here I am. I'm here. I need God to say, here I am. And if you're in desperate need of needing to hear God say, here I am, I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to join in a fast this week. You see, I, I've done lots of fasts, but 
I can remember the fasts that have been good and the fasts that have not been so good. The fasts that have been good have been the fasts where, where it was a God fast. So it was a biblical fast. I've done other fasts where it's like, I'm just going to fast without food and have real discipline about it. You know, that's not fasting. That's called starving or dieting. And I can remember doing those fasts and, um, the problem is, is I didn't deny my appetite to focus on God because I spent my whole time focusing on my hunger. I spent my whole time focusing on what food I was going without rather than focusing on God. And I understand that when I fasted like that, it's because it's almost like I'm trying to manipulate God into doing something. I've gone without food for a week. Check. Tick the box. So you have to do something. But I wasn't fasting because I was desperate for his for 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 a hunger for a change. I was just I was just doing it because that's what you're meant to do. See what happened for me is my fasting led to a physical hunger. When what should happen in a God centered biblical fast is it should lead you to a spiritual hunger. And so Jesus is hanging out in the desert for those forty days and he's fasting and and we know that the tempter comes. He's fasted and along comes the devil. And I just want you to Listen to what Jesus says to him, Matthew 4, 3 to 4. Remember, we already know that Matthew's pointed out that he was hungry. Come on. He was hungry after 40 days, and the devil, the tempter comes to him and says, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You see, you got to understand in this fast, Jesus' motives were right. He wasn't trying to tick the box. He was physically hungry, but because his fast had the right motivations, that when the opportunity came to satisfy the physical hunger, his spiritual hunger overrode it. He said, mate, you don't understand. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. He had, he had transversed from the hunger for bread to the hunger for his word. The hunger for what God was going to say. His spiritual hunger had outgrown his physical hunger. And a true spiritual fast leads to a spiritual hunger that is way beyond anything physical could ever match. Are you spiritually hungry today? Has it been a long time since you've had a fresh touch from God? Has it been a long time since you've had intimacy with Him where you felt like you're alive on the inside? You see, you can have a whole lot of knowledge, but I want to tell you this morning, knowledge without passion and without intimacy is absolutely pointless. You see, I can have all sorts of knowledge about my beautiful wife and know all the things that I need to know about her, where she came from, where she grew up, where she was born and all that sort of stuff. But I can tell you right now, if there's no passion and love for her and no intimacy for her, all that information ain't going to do diddly squat if I'm in love with her, is it? There has to be a spiritual hunger that comes. And I want to invite each and every one of you to fast some kind this week. Do something. You know, I, I've done several kinds of fasts. I did one fast where I just did fluid. So I had anything that was fluid, orange juice, water, coffee, coffee, mm, soups, you know, anything like that. You can do ones where it's just water only. I, I remember I did one where I just, I just did, um, water and coffee and juice. 
And I did it for 21 days. And I'm not lying to you. It was really, really easy. It wasn't a problem. It was a God-centered one. It was really, really easy. And the next year I said to God, so what do you want me to do this year? The same as last year? And I remember God saying to me, I want you to fast coffee for 21 days. So I could eat whatever I wanted, just no coffee. Do you know that that was harder <laughs> than the year before? You know, I mean, I've woken up this morning because I'm not doing coffee at all this week. And I get up this morning, flick the jug on, jug boils pointless waste of time that was what am I meant to do with that some of you are saying you could have hot water hot what's the point of hot water if there's no coffee in it so there's all these different kinds you can do a Daniel fast Daniel fast is just fruit and vegetables you just eat fruit and vegetables for seven days you could do it for one day you could do it for dinner every night you could do something where what we do is we deny our appetites so that we can focus on God. Now, some of the mistakes that I've made when I fasted is when I fast a meal is I'll sit there and watch the news. Actually, when you fast a meal, what you would normally do during that dinner time is it's the time you want to go and pray. It's the time you want to go and read your Bible. This is the time you want to go and do something. Because what we're saying is I'm denying my appetite for food so I can focus on Him, not focus on 6 o'clock news. Hello? I feel like you're not really loving me very much this morning. We can all do something. We can all fast something. And the reason why I'm encouraging you to do this because I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just thinking to myself, can you imagine what's going to happen if a couple of hundred people this week deny their appetites and focus on God and that we come together. We come together denying our appetites to focus on God. Can you imagine the power of that? Can you imagine the clarity that's going to come? Can you imagine the courage that's going to be birthed? Can you imagine the breakthroughs that are going to be happening? Can you imagine the wounds that will be healed? Can you imagine the salvation that's going to come? Can you imagine what could happen if one sets flight to a 1,000 and two 10,000? Could you imagine when 200 people focused on God, denying their appetites for one week? Could you imagine what could happen in the spirit realm over our community? Can you imagine the principalities and powers that are going to fall and crumble and diminish because of the people of God have decided, you know what, for one week I've decided I'm going to go without breakfast or I'm going to go without lunch or I'm going to go without dinner or I'm going to go without meat or I'm going to go without something for one week because I'm going to put my focus on him and I'm going to focus entirely on him. Can you imagine what would happen into your life if you just spent one week where God became the focus of everything that you did? Just for one week, could you imagine what could happen? Do you think about the power of that? Think about the lives that are going to be changed as we do it. And I want to invite you to come with me and get on the life in the fast lane. Just for one week. Just for one week. And when we fast, let's be people that fast with the right motives. That we seek His presence, not His presence. That we seek his presence, not his presence. Because I think where we falter so often is we do things to get something. I'm going to fast this week and God's going to give me this. No, not his presence as in gifts, but his presence as in relationship, as in intimacy, as in who he is. This week, it's about 
fasting to seek his presence, to seek who he is. It's not about fasting for stuff, for things. It's about connecting with the one and only true living God. It's about connecting with our Savior, the one who can set us free and give us a life that we've never had before. It's about seeking his presence. Matthew 6.33 says this, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, all the stuff will be added to you. He's saying if you seek his presence, then the presence will be added to you. You know, it's amazing what gifts end up under the Christmas tree at our house when there's just been a little bit of greasing in my presence. It's amazing what happens for children, isn't it, parents, when they come up to you and, love you, mom. You're so amazing. I just want a hug. And $20 to go to the movies. It's amazing how easily the presence, as in the $20, flows when the presence, as in a relationship, has been sought. And I want to encourage you this week, if we could just shift for a moment, not from what we need, but who we need, then I think that you'd see some incredible things. This verse is basically saying, hey, don't worry about the stuff, don't worry about the gifts. I got those, I've got this, he's got this. He's saying, just seek me, just seek me, just seek me. I think if we can just this week focus on seeking him first, putting everything else aside to seek him, if we could just deny an appetite just for one week, join us for the 24-7 prayer, or 24-7, 24-hour prayer. You can sign up for that. We really want you to sign up for that. You, you can stay for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever you want to do. Just come and be part of it. Come once, come twice, come three times. Whatever it is that you feel that you need to do, if we could just do that this week, if we could just focus on Him, deny ourselves for the next few days. I want to tell you that God uses fasting. He responds to fasting. He changes people's lives through fasting. People get courage through fasting. People get clarity through fasting. Breakthrough comes through fasting. Because what we're saying is we're saying, you know what, God, just for a wee while, I'm going to deny myself to focus myself on you. I don't know about you, but being a dad, when my kids deny something that they want to do something that I want, that gets my attention. That gets my graces. That gets my favor. And I really believe that the same thing will happen for us. But more importantly, there'll be a connection to our Creator, to our Savior, to our God that maybe we've never had before. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning?